Well, for those of you that haven't met us, my name is John, and this is my wife, Jess, and uh, I'm the, the lead pastor here, and Jess is the ministry director here. Basically, if you haven't figured this out yet, I preach and sing, and Jess does everything else. Okay, <laughs> she handles everything and makes everything everything happen. And um, we are starting something for the next few weeks. We did this two two years ago. We didn't do it last year, but we did it two years ago called Summer Stories. And summer is a time when people are kind of here, there, and everywhere, going to the beach and in and out of town. And schedules are so irregular that we try to do stuff in the in the summer that's a little more free, a little less uh, dependent from week to week. And in a few weeks, we will be starting Galatians, a study of Galatians together. But in the meantime, um, we're going to be doing summer stories. And what we do is we ask um, folks from the church to come up and sit on the couch, not the counselor's couch, but the, <laughs> the testimony couch, and come up and sit. And then we interview them and talk to them about what God is doing in their life, what he's done in their life. And so you get to know them a little bit, but you also get the opportunity to connect with people in the church that are going through some of the same things you may be going through or have gone through. And that happened last time we did Summer Stories. In fact, some of the best friendships in our church came out of the, this, the last time we did Summer Stories. We had, um, I, I hope they don't mind me saying this, but um, Josh and Abigail um, Keck came up and shared their story um, of and struggling with pregnancy. And now they have, of course, a beautiful child. <laughs> and, um, and, uh, but there was someone else in, in the church that was struggling with that exact same thing at the exact same time. And now they are like best friends. I was talking about you, sorry. Um, now they're, <laughs> you weren't in the room Not when I started, but, but now they're like best friends, like wear matching pajamas at Christmas, best friends, <laughs> right? Yeah, that was funny. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> don't be, you, know, you put it on social media. So, you know, if it's public, it's public. But um, what we do is we invite folks up and that's so that you can be encouraged by their stories and their testimonies and know what's going on with some people in our church. That's so going to be really great. Um, but for the first one, we actually thought Jess and I would go. Um, because even though you know us and we talk from time to time about certain things, um, we rarely just sit down and tell our story, our testimony. And so that's what we want to do for you today. And part of that is so that you can get to know us a little bit better if you're new here, but also so you can understand ultimately why we would be led to start something like this and why this church is like it is, because that flows directly out of who we are and who God has, um, had, has led us to be and how he's led us to serve. And so um, that's what we want to do today. So we thought, first of all, a little background. You probably know, if you've been here for a while, I filter my stories in and stuff all the time when I'm preaching, but you may not know as much about Jess's background. So why don't we start with you, a little bit about where you grew up. So I grew up in New York, and I've been here now for 20 years, and so that has curbed a little bit of my accent, but I know that some of you peg me from not being around here often. I get that. Um, I grew up in a tiny little farming town in Clymer, New York. It is, when you think of New York and you think of the really cool parts, um, think the opposite of that. I live on the opposite side of New York um, from that. But I went to a K-12 public school. I kindergarten walked in and 12th grade walked out. There were 32 kids in my graduating class. So when I say tiny, it was tiny. It was tiny. And the same ones who went in went out, right? Same ones that came into kindergarten went out. Senior. Yeah, we had a few yeah. move in in the middle, but they didn't last. <laughs> the, the small town life was not for them. They moved right back out, yeah. Yeah. So um, you grew up there, so your, and your family was part of a church, 
-hmm. So, and you accepted Christ at a young age. So you want to talk about sort of that, your church and accepting Christ and all that? You said this part would feel like an interview, and it does. I'm like, gosh. Oh, well, you're the, queen of, you're the queen of interviewing people <laughs> is what you do. So I'm giving back. Um, I told John when we were talking about this this week, I said, it's weird. For a long time, I struggled with this part of talking to anyone about my faith because I cannot, for the life of me, remember a time that I did not know Jesus. Um, it, it doesn't mean that I, like, knew knew him and it also doesn't mean that I was like always like awesomely walking with him but I there was ne there is never a time when I remember like before Jesus and after Jesus and I used to struggle with that in especially in my 20s because I felt like everyone had this really big testimony like I was like I was down here and then I looked up and saw Jesus and then I got saved and I radically changed my life. And I, I've just been like trying to be good my whole life and follow the rules and, and things like that. And so I don't remember except I do remember getting baptized. I chose to be baptized and I was baptized in a lake, which those of you who know me will also find that comical because lakes are dirty and I don't like to be dirty. <laughs> But I remember being baptized in a lake when I was 10 years old, um, my whole family going and my whole church going and making that choice. And I also remember, like, every church camp or every, like, emotional plea from, like, a church sermon, like, get saved right now. I was like, I better do that one more time. Like, I got to make sure that that sticks. Like, maybe, maybe I didn't do it right the first time, and so I would do it over and over. And it just kind of speaks to, like, my, my knowledge level of Jesus at that point. Every time I was like, I'm just going to do it one more time. I'm just, just going to make sure Jesus and I are good, and I'm going to uh, pray and tell him I believe in him just one more time. So I, I don't— like I, I feel like I was very much the same as a teenager because I remember when I, you know, I remember when I asked Jesus into my heart, but then I was just always like, was that enough? Did it count? Yeah. You know, and so I got I got resaved twenty times when yeah. I was a teenager. I was always the one yeah. raising my hand. But just like, so you yes, know, I prayed it. I prayed the prayer. You don't have to do that if you if you accept Christ, whenever you accept Christ, you're a child of God, and that can't be taken from you. So for whatever level you were at of knowledge when you made that decision, that's what that's uh, the moment you became a child of God. So, but you but just don't remember that. You day. remember yours. I. I remember, I don't know if I remember mine or if it's just that my parents constantly re remind me of mine. <laughs> and so <laughs> I know the story of the day that I accepted Christ. I'm not sure I remember it, but yeah. So I was, I was, I grew up in, uh, yeah, I'll, 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 yeah, I was going to go all the way through years, but it's okay. Um, we didn't rehearse this. Yeah, we practiced a whole I, lot. Um, we tell the story, these stories all the time. So we have a lot of practice. Um, so I grew up in also in New York, um, Canandaigua, New York is the town where I was born near Rochester. And uh, my father's a pastor and he was, he's been a pastor. He was a pastor of the same church for 36 years. He graduated from seminary, moved in, in Portland, Oregon. He moved across the country and, um, started pastoring the town, um, Canandaigua Baptist church where I grew up. And um, I just had so much support and love um, around me growing up. I was always in church. Uh, my parents are unbelievable followers of Jesus. They are just like pillars of faith. And um, so I had that all around me. I had tons of people in the church around me. And so um, I, I feel like I vaguely remember this, but um, I accepted Christ when I was five years old is when I asked him into my heart. I do know what happened that day. That day I went to um, Sunday school and we did a 
um, craft because our Bible verse, our memory verse was Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. That was our, our memory verse that day. And I did a craft where I drew these stick figures uh, doing each one of those steps. It's kind of four steps in, um, in that verse. And so my, my dad still has that. He has it framed and has it on his desk in his office. Um, and so that was the day that I asked Christ into my heart. And then I think I was baptized when I was um, seven years old. They felt like I was old enough to understand what baptism was at that point. And I was baptized standing on a cinder block in the baptistry <laughs> at my parents' church. And so, um, but I just had so much support around me. And so it was, it was a great place to grow up. It was a great uh, church family to be a part of. And I was a part of that church family until I left home. But. Yeah, my church growing up was... Um similar. My dad was certainly not the pastor, <laughs> um, but it was a very small, loving church. Um, and they carried, everybody who went through that church, who went through something was carried by the other people in that church. And that, that was modeled for me, both in my parents supporting other people. And then, um, when I was 16, my father um, gave into his addiction and left our family um, very abruptly. And at that time, um, I got to experience what it was like to have a church family literally carry you through. The, my mom's darkest moments, our darkest moments um, as teenagers. I have two other sisters um, who are both younger than me. And like the church was just, I don't, I seriously do not remember one bit of preaching at that church, not one. And I went there every Sunday, every week of my life until I went to college. I do have one particular story where a guest pastor came and he was very, um, my women's group is going to laugh at me because I don't know these terms because I didn't raise, I didn't grow up in a church that used these terms, but he was very like turn or burn. Kind of, like he was yelling a lot. Yeah, fire and brimstone. Yeah, he was like yelling a lot. And apparently I said, he just needs to calm down. <laughs> like, and I apparently said it loud enough that it abruptly interrupted the service, which that doesn't surprise you. I interrupt the service here. I literally don't keep my mouth shut. So, but that, what my church, and I hate to word it this way, maybe what they lacked in like, the teaching parts of faith. I knew Jesus. I knew Jesus loved me. I knew he died on the cross. I knew, I knew that. And I also knew that there was this group and community of people that were living life together. And that, that is what stood out to me. And they still do. And I mean, spoiler alert, when we were planning the church, that church, which is tiny, I mean, maybe 35 families, maybe, they gave a whole bunch. They were donating nursery furniture and, and all sorts of things to, to believe in me, to believe in us, and to believe in what God asked us to do. So that was my entire church experience. Yeah, my, and mine was, was very similar. We were, we were, uh, we were a Baptist church, um, but it was very family-oriented, very, very casual. I mean, yes, the guys all wore suits and stuff, but it was, it was casual in feel, <laughs> maybe not in... Uh, clothing style, but, um, but you know, we had chairs in the room and that kind of thing. We did a lot of fellowship things together. Everybody was so close. It really was like a family. And I, that was for me that my extended family, 
because I grew up, um, I, you know, my, my parents lived in, in Canandaigua, and then I had an aunt and an uncle in Syracuse, which was about an hour and a half down the road. And then my grandma and grandfather were in, um, like, Quakertown area in Pennsylvania. But that's it. That's my whole family. My dad was the only child. My mom had one sister. And so we didn't have extended family for the, for the most part near us. And our church was our extended family. That was, those were my friends. It, even in school, I didn't have a lot of friends at school. School is just something I had to go and do and try to be good at. But my friends were my church people. And that's where my community was. Um, a little bit different than your church. The, the teaching side of things was very much a focus in our church. My dad is a, he's brilliant and, and unbelievable at teaching truth with grace. And that was, that's one of the biggest things that I've learned from him. And sometimes when people hear me um, preach and say something like, oh, that's very similar to the way your dad preaches. I'm like, that is the greatest compliment that I could receive. It's unbelievable. He was, he was great. And that filtered down throughout the church. And so I was taught very, very well in that church. I learned all of the, I learned the stories and all of that, that you kind of typically learn in church, but also they were very good at teaching theology and doctrine and, and things like that. Um, um, all that being said, I had this tremendous community around me when I left and I went to college and that wasn't there anymore. And I didn't create that or find that. I went completely off the rails. Because your whole life you were just in it. Like it wasn't a right. choice for mm -hmm. you. So when it was a choice, you just didn't. I didn't choose it. You didn't choose it. I mean, I, I he also to, didn't choose to go to class, everyone. I, right. It had a lot of, <laughs> it had a lot of repercussions. Okay. But, uh, I mean, I, yeah, I almost didn't make it. I almost didn't make it through college, but, but that's because luckily he had a really cute TA in charge of attendance at two of his classes. Yeah, it helped. <laughs> it helped. That's where I first saw her. That's <laughs> part of the story. But, um, but, uh, I didn't, I didn't create that or have that. I would have it when I came home, and boy, I was good. When I, when I came home for summer or for a break or something, I could, I could flip that switch, and I, can be, I could be that good church kid when I went home. And then the second that I went off to college, it was a totally, totally different me. You'd have thought it was like Jekyll and Hyde. And uh, so for, my most, for the majority of my four years of college, I had no interest whatsoever in being faithful to God, going to church. I just didn't have that around me. And I went to a Christian school, so there were Christian people all around me, but that was just kind of the de facto thing. We assumed everyone was Christian, but I didn't have, didn't have that community and I didn't have anybody keeping me uh, accountable. And um, so thankfully, though eventually I met you and you helped. I, when I hear about John's first two years of school, I'm like, did we go to the same place? I'm confused. And then he reminds me I was in the library or trying to find a new Bible study every night of the week. And so we were just in different crowds, I think, <laughs> is what happened in school. Um, I had a very different experience at our school. It was small, and I thought small, I thought small was what I was good at. Like, I'd already been at a small school. I was at a small church, and so small school. And I felt very lost in the religion of my school. Like there, when I would try to go and I would find a group to be a part of, or I would go to a Bible study, I felt almost silly because I was looking for friends. I was like, oh, are we gonna, you know, all hang out together? And they were talking and debating religion topics that I had never even heard of. Never, 
never even heard the words before. And I would have to sit there and kind of fake it and be like, mm-hmm, and like just flip through my Bible and try to find where that word was because I did not have it in my translation. And I just felt completely overwhelmed by what I didn't know. And I thought, I, I doubted a lot at that point. I was like, well, maybe I, if I don't understand these biblical principles that they're saying that everyone needs to debate and talk about, then maybe I don't understand Jesus either. And so when we, were, when we were talking through the Roman series, when you were teaching through the Roman series, and a lot of it was talking about the immature believer and, like, not judging them. Like, I was like, oh, my gosh, that was me. Like, I, I, I didn't even know what I didn't know. And in my head, I felt like that somehow lessened my relationship with Jesus. And so I was like, oh, gosh, I really better figure out what the rules are. Because if you know me, I like to know what the rules are. And then I play by those rules very well. And I was just like, I don't even know what the rules are. I don't, I don't know any of these. I can't even name for you the terms because I did not commit them to memory. But I now know that they are deeply religious topics that people really love to debate. In fact, sometimes John tries to talk to me about these topics. And I go, oh, I don't care. <laughs> I, not, not, and I hope that doesn't make you judge me as a pastor's wife. But you all know what you're getting into if you know me. Um, I just don't. I just didn't know. And so I've kind of floundered in school understanding that what I had, my faith in Jesus, was even enough to be considered a Christian. So, so when we met, she was kind of in that place, and I was in a place of just apathy when it came to faith. And so I wouldn't say that when we, when we met, our relationship was built on Jesus, that our relationship centered around Jesus or faith. It was, a, it was a part of who we were and more so her than me, but that wasn't what our relationship was founded on. Or we didn't meet each other at church, okay? We didn't meet each other at a Bible study. We met in a bar, okay? Like that's where we were. It was a restaurant. No if, our, no, if our parents ask. Children, it was a restaurant. It was a family restaurant. Anyway. Um, <laughs> so that's not where we were. And so they did serve food. You're right. It was one well, good. Anyway, it's closed now and completely dilapidated, by the way, we, we drive by it sometimes um, when we're in Pennsylvania, but, um, but we, that's not where we were, but, but we knew we met each other. We knew that we loved each other right away. Um, you know, this is uncommon, I think, but we met that night and two days later, we knew that we were going to get married. It was already, that was a done deal. We knew it. And so we waited a little while to tell our family so that they didn't Four weeks. lose their minds. Um, and, uh, and we um, were engaged several months later and married within a year. Yeah. So, so. we, we, <laughs> yes, we were married within a year. And that was the same year we graduated from school. So we graduated from college together one of us with a degree, one of us owing credits. Um, I'll let you guess which ones. Um, and I... Almost did it. <laughs> almost. 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 We were so there. close. Yeah. We tried really hard. May 17th. We graduated from college on May 17th. We got married on May 24th. And we moved to North Carolina June 1st. <laughs> and I think about what I put my mother through in that time period. And I'm like... 
Sorry about that. And I think if Josie Ruth ever does that to me, I will die. But that is, it was just, we knew. We knew we wanted, and everyone says, well, how'd you decide on North Carolina? Um, literally because I walked in and I saw Rowan County as a star on a North Carolina map at a job fair, interviewed as a practice, and asked how much annual snow they got. When they said almost none, I was like, how about North Carolina? And he said, okay. <laughs> we want to be away you, from how snow. How did you end up in North Carolina? The answer is we were running away from snow. Yeah, that's exactly. That's I said, I was, we were engaged and there was a real bad snow one night and now I had to shovel my car off before I drove two hours back to my hometown to, to work. And I came inside and I said, we're going south. I don't care where, somewhere where this doesn't happen. And then uh, we came down for her interview, and they were ha you were having a nice storm and Saturday school. Right. And anyway, it's amazing. But that, that we is made how it. that is how we landed here. But we didn't know we didn't know anybody when we got married and we moved here. We didn't know a soul in this area except for the person who hired her, and he helped get uh, me a job. I worked at the United Way here for um, three years doing fundraising, and that was just to network and figure out what was next. Yeah. So when we moved. Yeah. We moved June 1st, and I, at that time, was a teacher. And so I did not and was not going to start work for another eight weeks. And John had a full-time job. Like, now we're adulting. Like, go to work at 8 in a suit and come back at 5. But he suit also... Suit and tie every day. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Suit and tie every day. But uh, I, we, I think we had, like... Enough. I think he had one suit. I did. I think. <laughs> and five ties. Five ties. <laughs> And we lived behind the mall, so we were doing well. Um, but John went to work every day, and then he had to take a class at night. Because I still owed credits if I wanted my diploma. And so he would go to work until 5, and then he would drive to RCCC to take World Religions. Um, and he was there until 8 every night. And so I was here in North Carolina, married for a week, at that point, married for two weeks and alone all day and all night and miserable. I mean, just, I, I was so heartbreakingly lonely. It's not how I was raised. It's not, and I called my mom and she was like, why are you calling me? And I was like, uh, uh. she's like, you're not coming home. <laughs> And I was like, right. And she's like, you need to talk to John about it. And I was like, uh, uh. and so I, I opened up to John and I said, I'm lonely and I'm miserable. And he was like, okay. Cause he saw people during the day. I saw whoever I randomly ran into when I was trying not to get lost driving around Salisbury. And we just kind of happened into friendships after that. And they were not healthy friendships for us, but they were friendships out of proximity. Um, we met a group because they were all new to the area and they all lived in our apartment complex. Um, they were not great influences on them. We also weren't great influences on them. I'm not gonna blame anything on them, but it was just out of proximity, um, not really out of anything else. And so we floated around and just felt completely Unrooted, is that a word? Not rooted. Mm -hmm. And 
our plan at that point was to move home. We were going to give this two years to like be alone and figure out and be adults on our own. And then in two to three years, we were going to move back to New York. And that was our plan from, the, from that point on. Um, because we just couldn't get our feet under us and feel like we really were at home here in North Carolina. And it's because the relationships that we had, that we had developed with people around us, were they were just incredibly shallow. And, and neither of us, you know, we've been raised in, in, in environments with deep-rooted, time-tested relationships. And now we had these relationships with people where it only went as far as whatever we were going to be doing on the weekend or whatever. And, and then beyond that, there was just nothing. And so we felt like the only family we had was each other. So it's a good thing we stuck together. It's a miracle in some ways. We made it through the first two months. And I'm so thankful to Jess's mom for holding her to that <laughs> and not saying, come home, baby, <laughs> you know, um, as some can do. My mother would never as, say that. Not like that, for baby, sure. Come <laughs> home, baby. Would, no, that's not, that's not your mom. Although I know some of you met my sister last week, and let's just get this out in the open. Yes, my entire family calls me Jessie. <laughs> I know some of you heard it. Yeah. No, I do not prefer it. <laughs> and yeah. no matter what I try, they will not relent. Yeah. So, so we knew that if we were going to stay, and that, at, point, at that point our, our plan was not to stay, but if we were going to stay then something had to give, something had to change. And so Jess kept pushing. She's like, we've got to find a church. We've got to find a church. We've got to find a church. And I did not want to do that because <laughs> I didn't want to. I liked Sunday mornings. I liked waking up late. I liked just hanging out, eating breakfast, watching football, whatever. And um, I liked that. I, and But she kept pushing. She kept pushing. She kept pushing. And, and frankly, begrudgingly, I finally said, okay, fine. Let's start looking for a church. And so, and my dad was super in that. So he, like he from New York desperately wanted us to be part of a church family. And so he was sending recommendations. And so we went to a ton of churches in this area, a ton of them. And we would go in, we would go one time and, and we would walk out. Jess's first question would always be, what did you think? Um, and we had some weird experiences, and I won't talk about them. <laughs> but we also had some experiences where we didn't even go in. Where we turned around in the we parking drove lot, there. honestly. But and then we're like, no, thank you. Right. So, but but we we tried all this, and we would get in, we would get into the the car, and Jess would always say, "What did you think? What did you think?" She'd want to get my opinion on it because she knew. Yeah. Anyway, she knew that she just needed to find somewhere that I would go. Yeah, and that's that's exactly it. I my first question, and he's right, was what what did you think? Because to me, I could live with the teaching, right? That wasn't my priority. I knew, and I knew my personality. I could plug in wherever. If John was good with the teaching part, then I could get us plugged in. We we could do something, and we could find some people. And so every single week, every single week. And I just want to take this is not this is just a caveat and we'll call it the Holy Spirit because I just want to say it and I feel like I have to say it. To my young married couples, if you're watching online, if you're going to watch later, we, may, we do a lot of weddings, a lot of premarital counseling and everyone's 
everyone says, yeah, we're going to keep going. We're going to keep going. And there is nothing harder than staying connected to a church when you are young and married. And I don't know why that is, but one of you has to be the person that says, we are going, we are making this a commitment. And there are so many young couples in our church now. Like, I'm so excited that they're making that commitment. But even to my older couples, one of you has to be the person. One of you has to be the person to say, our family is going to go. Whether you're checking out churches, which is so difficult, or whether you're deciding to plug into a church, one of you has to be the person. It just happened at that time in our lives, I was that person. At a different time in our lives, it might have been you. Maybe. Maybe. Um, But... So we went, to all these, we went to all these different places. She would ask me, she would say, what do you think? Because she was just looking for me to say yes to something. And um, I would say almost the same thing every single time. I would say, it's not like dad's church. Then that was the standard. So I would go to no church because it wasn't like dad's church. And, it, and I didn't realize this then, but I've realized it now. It was not fair of me to compare one day with a church to 18 years in another church. Like, that's not fair. You, you can't have the same thing that you took two decades to build in one place. You can't get that one day at somewhere else. It takes time to build those kinds of relationships. And so, but, but I kept saying no, and I didn't really, I didn't, I didn't understand that. But I just kept saying no, 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 no. And uh, we were, I mean, we were close to feeling like we had exhausted all of the options. We felt like we had been everywhere. And um, still hadn't found anything. And then my dad sent me an email. I still have the email. Um, he sent me an email and he said, hey, I heard about this new church that just opened up near you. Um, and you guys should go check it out. I was like, okay, we'll give it a try. And so we went out to that church for the service. And something about that place was different than everywhere else we had been. And I just instantly, when I walked in, felt at peace. I felt like I belonged somewhere. I felt like people wanted us there. I felt like people seemed to care about each other. And immediately, and and this has become a little bit, I think, of a cliche in churches. Like now every church that launches, every church that plants gets a banner says made that says, welcome home, you know, or something like that. But it's not just something you put on a banner it's something that you actually experience. And I, I walked into the, the church and we walked out and I just felt like that could be home. I think I said something along those lines when we got in the car. She said, what did you think? And I said, that could be home. And there was still a lot that, that needed to happen there, but I felt like that was a place where we were going to be able to build relationships. And so, and so we did. We, we dove right in. We, we started serving and... Um, Eventually, we took uh, a class. We took Financial Peace University. University. We joined a group right Mm -hmm. away, and we were serving. You were serving in the band. Yep. And I was serving anywhere else Mm -hmm. that I could. Mm -hmm. I played. I brought an acoustic guitar, and then one day I was like, "Can I bring an electric guitar?" And and the worship leader was like, "Yeah, I guess you could, as long as it's clean. Like, don't put any. Like, as long as it's just a clean electric guitar." I was like, "Yeah, okay, cool. I can do that." And then I did that for like a month, and I was like, "What if I just like..." What about just like a little bit of distortion? <laughs> Put a little bit on there. Okay, but just a little bit, you know? And then, um, so yeah, we got, we got more and more. And man, we found being, being nine and a half hours away from our closest blood relative, we found a family. 
there. And it for, it for so much of our time there, and some of you were a part of that with us, so you know, felt it was so incredible, the relationships that we built. The, the way that we took care of each other, the things that we walked through together, the ways that we learned and changed and grew. And it was, it was unbelievable to be a part of that. And eventually the pastor asked me to, to come on staff. I was like, I don't know, should that, is that something we should do? <laughs> and um, I ended up saying yes to, to coordinate small groups. That's all I was going to do. Just coordinate small groups. That sounded easy to me. <laughs> uh, thought I could do that. And so that's what it's I why I in. do it now. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, in this, there are there are a lot of long stories short. But anyway, um, but we found community there. Um, but that church changed rapidly. Yeah. And it, you I mean, you said earlier this would kind of walk through why this church is the way that it is, why CFC is what it is. And and every church Every church kind of has a personality, kind of has a, um, a vibe. Sorry, that's, I'm sorry, kids, that I use that word. Um, but it has a, a personality, a church personality to it. And there are so many things that you can focus on as a church, and none of them are really wrong. All of them are just what the people want to focus on. And that church was focused on evangelism, um, and it was focused on growth. Like it was, fo- it was just go, 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 like go. Like get as, get as yeah. many people in the door as we possibly can and share yeah. the gospel with them. And share the gospel with them, which is great. That's a great, that's a great desire for a church to have, <laughs> to introduce people to Jesus and to the gospel. Absolutely. Um, but the pace of it, the just the we wanted to be a part and we wanted to do everything that we can or that, that we could. And so we matched our lifestyle to that pace. And what that meant was a lot of moving around. Let's go get this thing started. Let's go get this thing started. Let's go get this thing started. And so we would find a group of friends and then we'd be like, okay, now we're going to go here and find a group of friends. And now we're going to go here and find a group of friends. And while that ended up with, you know, 900 people knowing who we were and us knowing who they were, it didn't, um, end up with us being able to invest deeply in people's lives because we were going to go do this next thing. And because we were, because John was on staff, we were matching the pace of our lives with the pace of that church. And it wasn't a sustainable pace for us. And it also turned out to not be a sustainable pace for the church. They went through a significant transformation um, structurally. And that ended up with John and I no longer having a place. And some of you have left, some of you have left a church family before, or some of you have been, have, have been without a church. All of a sudden something happens and you no longer have your church. And so you know exactly what that feels like when the next, when the next week you're going to have to go somewhere new or not go at all when you've been a huge part of something and something really fun and successful. And so we ended up not having a home, not having a church home and not having a church family. Yeah. And that's a, that's a very long story, very short, but, um, which is why I told it. Yeah. (laughs) So, so, but we, but we had, and we had been chasing that, that community and that fellowship all along. And it just kept, and a lot of times it was because of our own choices kept slipping out of our hands and we had deep relationships, but what we were lacking was the longevity and 
commitment in those relationships. And, and a lot of, some of our relationships with, with you came, came in that time. But we got to the point where, where that, that ministry, you know, reorganized and we ended up without a place. And you put that so well, the, the, there were moments right then where it was just like, who are we now? Like, how do we find this thing we've been looking for and um, what's next? And so thankfully, we didn't know right out of the gate. Um, I was unemployed for a while. We were trying to figure things out. And um, thankfully, a church um, from Mooresville, the Cove Church from Mooresville, um, was, they had helped us through the transition. They'd helped um, and so they actually created a position for me in the church that didn't exist before so that I would have a place to contribute, um, but also to heal. And we would have a place to land. And I'm incredibly thankful um, to the co for, for doing that for us. And we needed it. We needed it because we were, we were broken. The, what the co did for us was let us be completely anonymous and that was a new strategy for us because we didn't, that was not our MO. Uh, remember, our MO is to build and to, and to be in family. And so the Cove, <laughs> I remember just walking in and out, and I was like, well, this is new. <laughs> um, and I would just pack up my kids, and we would go. And then we would show up when we wanted to. And then one day someone said, um, have you ever served in children's ministry? And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> I'm not going to be anonymous anymore. Um, but that's really what the Cove did for us. It allowed us to be completely anonymous. And some of you are in that spot. Like some of you are would rather we let you stay anonymous here because you're trying to heal or you're trying to learn or you're trying to figure that out. And so we've been there too. We've been the people showing up at church and walking out the door because we weren't ready. We weren't ready to jump in and ready to to try again to find another group of people. Mm -hmm. And and through that experience, we realized the Cove again is 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 a fantastic church and had a ton of focus on evangelism and global missions and what they do is unbelievable. The scale of it is, is awesome. But we knew living we were still living in Salisbury and we were part of this church family in Mooresville. And with the vision of the church and because of our distance and proximity, we just were, we realized that we weren't going to be able to build what we had truly been seeking there. We either needed to move there and go all in and, and, and try to build these relationships or something else needed to happen. And so we opened ourselves up to what God wanted to do and how he wanted to move us. And as we were praying through that and Looking through that, we had a couple of experiences that were really uh, eye-opening for us. Yeah, and so we were just, we allowed God to really have us feel unsettled. And that was the, that was the way we kind of prayed about it. Um, here in Salisbury, we still had deep relationships um, that survived everything. Um, and we missed them. We missed going to church with them. And as hard as we could, we could not get Marie and AJ to drive 45 minutes to church <laughs> to go with us. And so we're like, what are we doing? And, but we also were so grateful to the Cove ministry. And so we were just like, you know what? Let's wait it out. If the answer isn't clear from God yet, let's just be unsettled and let him, let the Holy Spirit pick 
um, what's next. And so we just sat in that and we were really, really intentional, at maybe a hyper fixation on things like, was that a sign? Was that a sign? Was that a sign? Um, but we had an experience. John was asked to preach at the point um, church in Charlotte. It's not exactly Charlotte, but it's somewhere. It's in Belmont. Belmont. Um, yeah. Ray Hardy is one of the overseers for our church. He's the pastor of the point. And that experience, it was a moderately sized contemporary church where no new one knew us, except John was guest preaching for a summer weekend. And we walked in and watching that church family love their church and love each other. It wasn't just that they loved worship, which they very clearly did. Um, they also loved learning together. Like I remember sitting and listening to John preach and and people were like pulling out their Bibles and like and taking notes and like talking like side by side. Like and in the lobby, they were talking about what they had just learned. Like they loved learning together. And then they had this big coffee tent. And this seems so silly, but this stood out to me so clearly. And there were two guys making coffee. And it just reminds me of Stephen and Michael Brown when they used to make the coffee at the middle school for us. And they had the same exact coffee in their coffee pots, but they were advertising to anyone who would walk by to try to get them to come to their coffee pot, like their coffee pot was better. So there's a coffee strategy for all of you on Inside Hospitality. If you want to go for that, um, we can pick Renee's or Ashley's uh, pot of coffee today because they made the coffee for us. But I, and they were having so much fun. This church family was having so much fun together. And man, it had been such a long time since church felt fun for John and I. I got in the truck. No, the it doesn't matter. We got in the vehicle. And I looked at John and I said, that is what we're missing. That is what we're missing. And so that was like experience number one where we were like, okay, God's, God's using our unsettled feeling to do something. It was the baby blue minivan. I know. Um, anyway, we, I do remember It's always that. the baby blue minivan. Yeah, which I drove for a while. Um, but then, then uh, my dad actually retired from the church that he was in for 36 years, and I went home for his retirement party. And it was at the, the camp that we grew up going to in the, the, the dining hall. And um, people just got up, and they were sharing about my dad's ministry and all this. It was very moving. But what really struck me was looking around the room and I was like, oh, they were my youth leaders and they were my, they did my Sunday school and they took us on the trip to, the mission trip to Peru and, and, oh, where's Dave? Oh yeah, that's right, Dave's a missionary. And, you know, like all of these things, I was looking around the room and I was realizing the kind of investment that people in that room had in each other and had in me and realized that that's something that we had been missing. And so we talked about all of that and we said, you know, amongst other things and the way God, God led us and taught us. But we realized that we wanted to build something here that would be, that would create that kind of fellowship, not only for us, but offer it to others who are looking for it and seeking it and not finding it in other places. Yeah, and at that time, we didn't have a lot of clear, like, this is exactly what you're going to do from God. But we did have a lot of, we did have very clear, it's not going to be this from God. So we knew God was telling us it wasn't going to be fast-paced, <laughs> that it wasn't going to be growth mindset. 
um, that while of course we were going to present the gospel as clearly as we could, that it wouldn't be like go out and find the the seeker and, and serve that you know and make everything about that seeker mentality. And it also wasn't going to be production focused. Um, which was new for John and I. It wasn't going to be about um, everything that happened on stage, that that was going to be Sunday morning was going to be the one thing that all of us worked for, and that was going to be what we focused on. So we knew a couple of things that it wasn't going to be, and we're like, okay, God, if it's not going to be those things, then what is it? What is it? And we just spent a lot of time figuring out what we, who we were, and what we were together, and what we felt um, we could build with the couples that came around us and said, yeah, we're looking for this too. And it became very clear to us that it was going to be that family mindset, that church home mindset with true, true community, but also focused on learning together because we felt like such hot messes at the time. We're like, well, y'all are going to have to learn with us because we're going to uh, build it as we go. And so we knew that those were the two focus points. So, you know, if you're, that, that's what we've wanted to build. We, we said, listen, we need to be whatever. This is what I've noticed with churches in minute, really any organization, I think. The, the most successful, the, the most um, consistent, the most authentic, the most honest organizations or churches are the ones where the, the organization reflects the, the personality and character of the leader. When there's, when, there's a, when there's a disconnect between those things, you notice it, you feel it when you come in and when you're a part of it. And so we said, whatever this church we want this church to be, we have to be. So we, we believe that Jesus is honest, gracious, humble, generous, hungry, and committed. Those are the six core value, or the six values. Nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I tried to make it easy. It's H-G-H-G-H-C. But anyway, um, those are the, those are the, that's the character of Jesus, and that's what we want our church to look like. So that's what I have to look like. That's what she has to look like. That's what you have to look like. And so we said, this is what we're going to be. And what we want to do is we want to know God, find hope, live free, and do good. And so we want to gather a group of people that say, I'm in for this. This, this is what I want to be a part of. This, this is the church family that I want to be a part of. This is, this is how I want to love each other. This is how I want to serve each other. This is how I want to, to be in community with one another. And for us to say, yes, this is what we're doing, and to agree on that and say, this is who we are. This is, this is what our church focuses on, does, building families together and learning how to relate better in the way that God has designed for us to do. And so that's what we're doing. Yeah, and I, I say a lot that we did it almost selfishly. Like, I feel that way because we had kids, too, at the time. And we just wanted our kids to not struggle, right? That's what parents want. They want you want your kids to not struggle in the same ways that you did. And so we wanted our kids to have a church family and then have a youth group and then have those deep roots of not only community but also knowledge so that then when they left, when they left us, that they weren't floundering or they weren't doubting their own um, or doubting Jesus. And that's, you know, and so we just kind of put all those things together and, and a crew of people that showed up for our first meeting that said, yeah, us too. Um, and we were just like, really? 
Like, we didn't think that was going to work. <laughs> and it did. And, and so, I don't know, you may, I said this at the very beginning, um, and I always say it during host comments, but you may have been attending services here for a while, and you may be falling into one of two camps, right? Maybe you, like, jumped in right away. And you were like, yes, sign me up for a team. I want all the information on groups. Like, what can I do? Uh, yes, I want to be on the care team. Yes, I want to serve other families. And you're like, go, go, go. Yes, I want to be a part of this. And so you, de you, you automatically feel connected to the people. Then our job, our challenge to you is also to connect to the learning, right? Because we have to be learning together. And so I say to everyone all the time that wants to serve every week, I'm like, oh, yeah, but you need to sit, too. And we need to learn together. We need to balance that. But also you might be sitting here and you might be like, well, I don't know. I've been coming for a few weeks and I don't really feel um, like that. Or this is my first week, heavens. And I don't, I don't really know if I'm in for all that quite yet. And so my challenge and our challenge to people at that point too is just take a step, right? Participate in the way that is healthy for you and that is also going to get you to know somebody or to connect to somebody. Um, it's great that you're learning. We all have to be in a spot where we're learning and we want to come for the, for the message um, for whoever is sharing that week or to learn from John. Um, it's great that you might come for the music, but that's not what it's about. It's, that's, in fact, you're missing out on 90% of what makes this church great. And so we push groups and we push teams, not because we need people to serve or not because we're going to take attendance. Well, we do take attendance at groups, but um, not that we're going to, like, check off and make sure everyone is in one. It's because we want you to experience this like a family. We want you to have somebody, if you're in a car accident in Florida, to text and to say, we almost just died. And that person will say, you're never allowed back in Florida ever again. <laughs> Earnhardt's. <laughs> <laughs> we call them 2 a.m. friends for a reason, right? We, we want you all to have a support system, and we know that we can't be it for everybody. We're, in fact, I don't know if you know this, right, but John's a little bit of an introvert, and we know that it irks some people that we do things the way that we do them, but he's also got a limited social capacity, and I say that with love. You, you would say that too, right? Yeah, somebody described it once as Lego connectors, like Legos, and they're like, some people are like 16. They've got 16 connectors, or some at 32, and I'm like, I'm a two brick. I'm, I'm a little, <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm only, I've only got the capacity for a little bit, but. We, um, and we just, we don't want a church where everyone is just connected to John. No. We don't want that. We want you connected to each other. We love you, and we want you to love us, but in the same way, we want you to love and to serve each other um, because it, it can't ever be about one person or one thing or that one person and one thing will fail you. And what we want is a church community willing to help and willing to put the work in to not fail each other. And that takes initiative. You got to go get it. It won't come to you. It doesn't just come to you. You have to be willing to go get it and to find it. And, um, and we want that. We want that for ourselves in the same way we want it for you. Um, you know, one, one of the reasons we knew that the church wouldn't grow fast because you know, we weren't going to have like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people out of the gate. How could we build those kinds of relationships that quickly? That would be hard. So I think God has honored that and brought people as he's brought people. He's brought you as he brought you and others as he's brought others. 
so that we can continue to create these kinds of relationships over time. And um, that, does, that does take initiative. It takes initiative on your part to say, we're going to do this, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to jump in and I'm going to be a part, start developing some of these relationships. And some of you are better at that than others. So those of you who are already good at building relationships, do the introverts a favor and, and take the initiative as much as you can. Because what we're supposed to be doing together as a church, we're supposed to be encouraging each other and building each other up. It's discipleship that's found in fellowship. And so we need to be we need to be thinking not only about ourselves, but also about what we're contributing to the family and fellowship of the church as well, because we all do this together. Made me think this week as we were as we were talking the the um, verses from Hebrews chapter ten. I'm going to read them just to get them right. But uh, Hebrews chapter ten, verses twenty four and twenty five, the author says, "And let us consider one another." in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much more the more as you see the day approaching. And um, that verse oftentimes, now I hear, I've heard it a lot and probably preached it a lot, and, and used it to say, uh, do not, do not uh, forsake the gathering together of yourselves, to talk about church talk about this, the service. But listen, the, the author of Hebrews wasn't talking about this when, when they said, don't forsake the gathering yourselves together. This didn't exist. They didn't do this. <laughs> they, didn't have, they didn't have a service once a week where they got together and they did three songs and then everybody sat down and then they prayed and then somebody preached a you know, 35-minute message and then they prayed and then they sang another song and then they had coffee. And that, that's not what they were doing. What they were doing at this time is they were gathering together in each other's homes, and it might have been three or four or five families that were getting together, and they were, they were maybe singing some songs together. They were praying together. People were sharing what they were learning. They were reading scripture. It, was a lot, it looked a whole lot more like one of our groups than it does our weekend service. And so what the author is saying is here is don't isolate yourself. Don't, don't do what I did in college, which is go off and leave the fellowship and not put it around you and try and exist as a Christian by yourself without support, without encouragement, without challenge, without teaching, without all of those things. Don't live that way. You aren't created to live that way. Don't forsake the gathering of yourselves together. Create and be a part of a community a family of faith that is stirring one another up to love and good works. And so you need to look at your life the same way we have looked at our life and say, do I have that? Do I have that? And if I do, awesome. need to lean into it. And if you don't, what's it going to take to build it, to find it, to create it, to embrace it? What do you have to do in order to have that kind of community around you? Because it, is, it has been the key or one of the keys to my spiritual growth and to yours as well. Yeah, it's not, I mean, we truly are a, a sum of our parts and the church is what it is, not because John and I are these things a hundred percent of the time faithfully and it's built on our backs. That's not it. It's because every person who has come along has said, yeah, I'm going to try to be these things the best that I can. And I'm going to encourage you to do the same. And then we do it together. 
And so wherever you are um, on that step, I know people avoid me when they don't want to get involved because they know I'm going to ask. But it's not, I'm not asking for me, guys. I promise. I'm asking so you have a chance. But also, I want to, and this is a dangerous thing, I think. I think people would shy away from saying this on stage. If, you, if you've heard this now, you know this is the heart of our church, and it's not your heart, and you're still struggling to plug in, plug in, maybe this isn't the church for you. And I say that with love and knowing that there are so many great churches that are focused on different things that we don't want you to like cram yourself into this mold to, to be a part. We want you to be where God wants you to be and serving in your full capacity and living in your full capacity. Um, do we hope it's with us? Of course. We like you. <laughs> we want you to be here. <laughs> and if it is, if you're, you know, if you've been coming for a while and you're just like, I don't, you know, I don't know. I'm not feeling that way. Maybe it's one of these things. Maybe it's one of those core values that you, you, you need to say, well, it's, I'm really not doing that, or I don't want to do that, or I'm, I'm scared to do that. You need to really check yourself and figure out where you are because people try to find community. They'll find it in a sports team or, you know, wherever it is. And what we want to do as a church, as a church family, is offer that community with that love, with that support on the foundation of Jesus because every other foundation will fail, and so that's what we want to do. And that's, um, that has been our heart from the very beginning. And we're so intensely grateful um, for everybody who met day one, before day one, on day 400 uh, today. We're just, every week, we're just kind of like, I can't believe we get to do this. Um, but we wouldn't be doing you any favors if we didn't also challenge you to be a living and active part of this church family. Um, and so we're actually going to change things up a bit, and we're not going to sing. We're going to pray, and then we're done. And so I'm not going to come up here awkwardly and find a way to exit out of the service. We're going to pray together. Um, and then if I, I want to make this very clear, if you have a prayer or a need or a concern, that connection card is your best way, or stop by and see Judy at the resource table, or grab somebody. Don't leave here with it on your shoulders. Share it with somebody so the church can pray for you and with you through that. Um, and also, if you have anything else, um, just connect with us in all the different ways that you can connect with us. We won't know, the church won't know, unless you tell us, right? Because we can't read minds yet. So if you, um, unless you're my child, I can read your minds. <laughs> if you have a need, the church wants to know so that we can help you and pray with you through that. So pray for us, Pastor. <laughs> Father, thank you so much for your goodness. Um, thank you for making a way for us to be your children. Christ, we thank you for your sacrifice on the cross, paying for our sin, which we've accepted by faith. We thank you for the confidence we have in seeing your resurrection and knowing that you're alive and well and you're, you're returning. And while we wait for that return together, we thank you that you have drawn us together in the bonds of love and given us the opportunity to not only relate to each other and have friends, that's great, 
but to have relationships with each other that are built on what is true and what is solid. That you've given us your word, that you've given us the spirit to lead us, guide us, teach us. And that you're transforming us into the image of Jesus. And you're doing that not just individually, you're doing that together. You're using us to, to teach each other and to challenge each other and to encourage each other and support and love. And we understand that that's how you've made us to live. And so we do, as Jess said, God, we often go and try and find that community in other places. I've done that. She's done that. Everybody in the room has done that. To look for hope in other places, belonging in other places. But we understand, we've learned and been through enough now to know that the only one that truly satisfies is our relationship with you and the relationships that you've created between us. And so anything else that, that might get in the way of that, help us to prioritize those things correctly, help us to think about those things correctly. Anything that would come in between us and the fellowship that we have, help us to work through those things in love and grace. Father, I thank you so much that you've given, I just say this on for myself, and maybe we would all reiterate this from our own perspective, God. Thank you so much for the people that you've given to us here. They're amazing. How you have gathered together this group of people is mind-boggling to me. And I'm just so thankful for each and every person who's a part of this and why they're a part of it and what they bring to the family. And so I thank you for that right now. I pray that everyone around us is, is thanking you for the same thing. You are so good and you are so kind and you are taking us and you're continuing to teach us and everybody that you bring to be a part of our church family, we want them to experience the same kind of community that we're experiencing. So help us to, to know how to do that and how to reach out and how to draw people in. And we just thank you so much for your kindness and your goodness. We thank you for the kids that are trampling backstage right now and I think about them, I think about myself at their age and the people that invested in me, God, and how they taught me and encouraged me. I wouldn't be where I am with you today if it wasn't for them then. And so I thank you for the people that are serving our kids right now and thinking about how they're gonna grow and they're gonna mature. And I pray that one day they grow up and they talk about the family, the church family that they grew up with, with the same kind of fondness and love that many of us do. So we thank you. We thank you for that. We just ask that you continue to bless our church only so that you can receive honor and glory, that people would look at our church and they would see you. We thank you that you've been doing that so far and pray that you will continue to do it. And it is such an honor for us to be your children and to be a part of this family. It's in your name we pray, amen.